My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. Carl Jung. I love that quote. And today, y'all, we are going to talk about some of my very favorite topics with an amazing guest. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled to introduce you all to Kuros Ali, a health coach and herbalist who has spent the past decade in deep self-discovery. She immersed herself in the studies of holistic health, herbal medicine, personal development, coaching, aromatherapy, and permaculture. Her journey of self-empowerment and radical self-love has led her down a path of deep transformation. She has overcome child abuse and emotional binge eating and become empowered in her authentic expression as a transgender woman. She is now passionate about guiding others through their own health and lifestyle transformation, which is sort of how I learned about her. I saw some of the beautiful messages she was sharing online. To stay in her loop, you can sign up for email updates at holisticempoweredwoman.com. You are gorgeous inside and out, Koros. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So you have such a fascinating path and, and journey, and I know it's it's very vibrant now, and you had some very rocky times as well um, early on. I'm curious if you remember a time in your early childhood when you felt really happy and free with yourself, or was that something that you really had to kind of cultivate from scratch? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, well, since I was an only child, I spent a lot of time on my own. And so I kind of would just be, uh, daydreaming a lot or like in my own little world. And I guess that was when I was the freest. I kind of created my own magical worlds for myself. (laughs) I love that. The power of imagination. Definitely. And I'm sure you get asked this question a lot. And I think I think people are, and so many are just starting to learn about what transgender is all about. Um, but when did you first realize that your um, physical body didn't match how you knew yourself to be on the inside? Um, I think as far back as I can remember, I've always had an affinity for what what girls liked, even though I was considered like a young boy um like I always wanted to play with Barbies I naturally just liked girl clothes and I always wanted to hang out with the girls at school and just be like them and it just it just always kind of was this thing and you know like like when I watched the Power Rangers I wanted to be the pink Power Ranger So, yeah, it was just it's just kind of something that always was away with me. And I kind of remember being a little child and thinking to myself, like, oh, like, I'm really different and I'll never get to walk down the aisle and wear a white dress or I'll never get to get married or find a man. I just kind of accepted that I was just really different and I couldn't have what I wanted. 
Um, so it's really awesome to know that that's not the case now. So <laughs> yeah, thank God things have, have really started to change in, in many ways. And I know there's progress to be made still, but I agree. It's, it's beautiful to see who do you remember talking to, uh, about, or did you keep these beliefs and feelings inside for a while? Um, I kept these feelings and belief inside for a while just because um, I did experience a lot of physical, mental, and emotional violence around um, the expression of my femininity and my womanhood at home. And so that taught me that it wasn't safe to express this or talk about it. And so I really never really talked about it with anybody until like high school. And then when I finally did talk about it with my friends, they were like, oh, it's like, obviously, we just already knew that. But, you know, they kind of gave me the space to come to terms with it on my own and express it on my own. Um, So it wasn't really until high school that I was even open about it. And even then it was like, barely scratching the surface. Wow, that's really beautiful that your friends were so supportive and heart-wrenching that you endured abuse. Is is that something that you find now that you are able to live freer and with confidence? Do you feel a sense of responsibility or sort of a, a desire to be a role model for people who perhaps are going through that? Because I know that there still is a lot of um, violence and discrimination around transgender. Yeah, so I definitely, it's definitely something I'm really passionate about. And it's definitely something that um, I feel really empowered about being an advocate for. Um, I have um, uh, somebody once um, told me, I went to a workshop and it was by um, this woman named Dream Rockwell. And she had also experienced child abuse. And um, one of the things, the lessons that she shared was that um, that struggle, that experience of her child abuse was actually her gateway for her, like what she called accessing her superpowers to be able to be the incredible woman she is. And she does a lot of beautiful work in the world. So it was really inspiring for me to hear her say that. And that's kind of what really helped make the shift for me and um, being able to be empowered about it and to uh, make it some make it a mission of mine so that other children don't have to experience the same thing. Because when we have adults that are doing things that are what we see what we see as bad or wrong, it's usually because they experience some kind of trauma as a child that is causing them to be that way as an adult. And so it's actually one of my passions to end that cycle of children experiencing trauma. Um, And that, I mean, even beyond like the gender equality. And so um, it's just something I'm really passionate about. And um, one thing I noticed is that as I shared my story is actually parents uh, with children that are in transition, reaching out to me for support and guidance and, I actually really appreciate that because just that alone shows that that parent is present and caring and loving enough to do what it takes to get through this with their child instead of like against their child, which was more of my experience. Um, And so, yeah, I just, 
I often, I often imagine what my life would be like if I was free to express who I was just from an early age. And, and I don't wish that my life was different because I love my journey of empowerment because I love who I am right now. And I love the work that I get to do. Um, but I also don't want any other child to have to wait that long to be themselves. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. That's a, a gorgeous mission. And I'm sure you're making a, a really big impact. Um, the fact that you talk about binge eating also I really admire because I know it's incredibly common. There's a lot of shame around it. And there's a lot of silence around it, too, because there is this this shame. It's not kind of glamorized, I guess, as, as some eating disorders um, sadly are. Uh, what helped you through that? What, what helped you kind of turn? I know it's complicated, but was there sort of a turning point or an epiphany that helped set you on the path to healing? Yeah, so um, I guess the turning point for me was um, I am I'm a health coach and it was my health coaching program that actually really helped me overcome my emotional binge eating just because of the level of support that I got and the understanding that I got. The whole program I went through just really transformed my life in a way that I just wasn't expecting because as you learn to transform other people's lives, you transform your own. And I feel like I had two different periods of my life where I was an emotional binge eater. And the first period was like from my childhood into my early adulthood. And what changed my emotional eating from there was that I started to become authentic and I started living in authenticity and living and finally experiencing the freedom of who I was. And so because of that, I just naturally became happier and I naturally just stopped turning to food for pleasure because I was getting it in other ways, such as um, just the experience of being who I am and and um, the, the witnessing and acceptance of a community was just so nourishing for me that I didn't really feel... I, I just, I don't feel like I turn to food for pleasure as much. And then the second time was, um, um, I went through some relationship, um, troubles and, um, I found myself at the end of that going back to old patterns from before. Cause I actually lost 85 pounds from changing my diet and stopping the emotional binge eating. And I actually gained 20 pounds back. And, um, which is like really shocking. It's like, oh my gosh, like when, when do you ever look at the scale and it's all of a sudden it's 20 pounds more than when you looked at it last time. <laughs> and so, um, that was a big eye opener. Like, oh my gosh, like I, I thought it was just going to be like a month of like, you know, you call it your winter period, like whatever, I'll just eat my ice cream. Like, it's okay. I'm sad. I just went through some, you know, relationship troubles. I deserve this type of ice cream, but Actually, like it, 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 it went into a way longer period than it was supposed to. <laughs> and so I gained 20 pounds and it was actually, you know, seeking the help that I needed and getting the support that I needed and, you know, getting my own health coach and going through the program. It just really helps me 
you know, as I became a master of habit change, I was able to change my habits and my coaching career gives me such a sense of fulfillment, like the ability to help people in the capacity that I can now. I'm just like so fulfilled that like, I just, I don't think I ever need to turn to food for, for pleasure again, even though it, food is pleasurable. Like, of course I love to eat, but not in the sense where it's unhealthy anymore. So I love yeah. that. That's so powerful. And it's so interesting, you know, so often, maybe most often I would say there are underlying issues, you know, that are, that we're trying to feed or fix through food and, and to hear that authenticity helped you so much. I think that's a message that we can all really learn from. What were some of these habit changes you mentioned that, that really helped? What were some of the first ones you, you made? Um, okay. Well, one my favorite thing is that we have, um, two menus. So there's a naughty menu and a nourishment menu. And the naughty menu is for when your inner rebellious child like needs to be set free. And, um, that way you're not like rebelling through food or something like that. Um, and it kind of like, sometimes you just like need to be bad and it gives you a healthy way to be bad. And that, um, my, and so some of them are like, you know, like cut the, cut the do not remove tag from a mattress or like have sex outside or (laughs) wear a wig and like talk in an accent to strangers all day and pretend you're a character or, um, you know, wear a skirt with, wear a short skirt with no panties, (laughs) (laughs) um, but little healthy things like nothing crazy or unhealthy. And so that kind of gives your inner rebellious child the freedom to express itself in a healthy way. And you can make your own ones that are, you know, in alignment for you. Um, And then the other one is a nourishment menu. And this one is all about ways that you can seek um, nourishment and pleasure outside of food. And so I turn to this whenever I'm needing to nourish myself. So if I get the urge to like, oh, I need nourishment. And like any time that I felt like I would turn to like, you know, like ice cream or, you know, I would I would just stick breadsticks and Nutella. And so um, I would turn to my nourishment menu instead. And that would be like, you know, like doing a home facial and giving myself a home spa or um, you know, um, doing, listening to a really awesome, inspiring audiobook or a meditation or reading a really good book that's not about learning something, but it's just fun. Um, something, you know, something that really nourishes my soul. And so turning to those two menus were, um, one of the things that I thought was just really fun. And, you know, it actually really helps like incorporate those habits into your life to where you're just naturally nourishing yourself or naturally giving permission for your inner child to play. And so those were some of my um, go-tos that I used. (laughs) That is awesome. I love that they are not food focused because it's so interesting to me how eating disorder programs, a lot of them focus on food, which is exactly the opposite of what you need when you're struggling with food. You know, they they give you menus of actual diet plans and stuff like that. And I love that it's something that you can feed the part of you that's hungry without food and and be distracted from it too. And it's all really fun and empowering. That's super awesome. I know you also really encourage and help people embrace their bodies and feel beautiful and sexy, which 
sadly isn't super easy to do in our in our culture. What are some of your favorite tips for feeling sexy the way you are? Well, one of, so I feel that feeling sexy is all about self-love and really being able to love yourself in that way of, of, of seeing yourself as sexy. And so one of the um, things that I like to do to help people get to that point is what I call a mirror exercise. And you just stand in the mirror and stare at yourself in the eyes and you just keep telling yourself how much you love you and all the things that you love about yourself. And that's something you can do daily or weekly and just really step into that feeling. It might feel awkward at first, but when you can really stare, like they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. So this is a really powerful way to just really get intimate with your soul and just stare deep into the pools of your eyes and really connect with yourself on a soul level and, and deep into your heart and really just tell yourself how much you love yourself. And from that place of self-love, you'll just naturally exude your own version of sexiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It really is so much a state of mind. And it's amazing to me how, I mean, I can even see it in photos of myself when I am feeling connected with myself and feeling, you know, strong and confident. And when I'm feeling low on myself, I could, I can see it in my eyes in photos, and I think that that changes the whole look. So we actually radiate, you know, sexiness and beauty not only to ourselves, which is the most important, but then to other people as well. Have you found that your own growth journey has affected uh, the people that you attract into your life? Oh, definitely, definitely. I um one of the things that my health coaching teachers mentioned was that you're only as far, you're only able to take your clients as far as you're willing to go. And I've noticed that to be really true because each time I get to the next threshold of my own personal development, I, I attract people that I can help in the capacity that I have just been able to grow into. And so it's actually been an incredible honor to be able to help people and to, be able to um, empower not just myself but other people with my struggles is an incredible gift. So I I love that that I'm able to do that. Beautiful. And what's like a huge dream or goal that you have for yourself? If I could give you a magic wand and you could make something happen or or set something in motion, what's what's something that your heart's on fire for? Something that my heart is on fire for is I would love to one day create an eco-village island that is like similar to like Richard Branson. Are you familiar with Richard Branson? Yeah. He's um, awesome. From Virgin. Okay. So his island, like Neckar Island, but I want to do that like an eco-village style and from that space be able to share all the gifts of sustainability and this really positive new way of living that humanity can experience that is in harmony with nature, but still at the forefront of human capabilities. Um, I would love to experience that. And that's why I do everything I do in business is so that I can help um, be a force for good in the world in the capacity that I can be. Amazing. I completely can see that happening and you having like self-love 
you know, retreats and stuff. I totally see it. And I also know that you are passionate about um, plant-based living, which ties into this. And I think it's so interesting how, you know, I think when we are feeling in alignment ethically with our, with how we feed ourselves, it's such a powerful thing. Um, what do you love most about eating plant-based? Um, what I love most is the sense of vitality and like the high energy that I get from the food. Like, not like high energy, like I'm high strung, but like, just, I feel like so much more energized and alive and just this higher sense of vitality. And I feel healthier. I feel like the color of my eyes have even changed. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. They're probably much more sparkly too. I feel like I could see that and see that in people for sure. Um, so do you have like a favorite dish or, um, you know, treat that you, that you enjoy a lot that's plant-based? Yeah. So I am really passionate about delicious food that's really healthy. And a lot of people, the thing that a lot of people have the hardest time to give up is sweets. And so one of my, and I love this for myself, one of my favorite things to do is, um, make raw desserts and, um, I love making raw chocolate mousse. It's like a raw chocolate avocado mousse. It's just, it's so simple and easy to make. It's just avocado and some cacao powder. And I like to use honey. Um, but if you're vegan, you, um, you can use um, like molasses or toasted rice syrup or any kind of sweetener you like. And um and so I put a little coconut oil in it too, but you don't need to. And then, and then you just blend it and that's it. And it's so easy. And you could just, it makes a really nice mousse. Oh, I it's want simple, some. It sounds amazing. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, it sounds so, so good. Yeah. I love raw desserts too, because it's like every ingredient is so full and rich and nothing is like processed. So there's actually these raw uh, cookies that I make around Christmas time and People always love them the most of all the different kinds of baked goods that I might bring to an event or something. And it's so funny because they're the healthiest ones, you know, but I think they're so, there's something so hearty and, and kind of like feeling all those different textures in your mouth, you know, and like, I don't know. I just think that when you, when you eat whole foods, there's just this huge, huge benefit of, um, of the fullness, the richness you're talking about. Yeah, I love it. It's really delicious. I, I, I'll never forget the first time I ate a raw cheesecake. And I was like, this is a raw cheesecake. Like, what am I eating? It's so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I think things have come a really long way. I remember going to a raw food restaurant years and years ago. And it was, you know, they may have had wonderful dishes on their menu, but the one that I happened to order was like, it kind of tasted like they just went to the backyard and picked stuff. Like it was so, <laughs> and now I feel like there's so many amazing options. And I also love about raw foods is that um, it's a lot less cleanup because <laughs> you don't have to like bake everything. And, you know, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a simplicity to it that I like. Yeah, definitely. I always, I remember when I first started making them, I was like, oh, wait, I don't have to actually bake this. Like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can eat the batter, no salmonella. Like, it's totally safe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people uh, who are listening, I know, know that self-care is super important. And it's one thing to know it. And it's also another thing to apply it. And it's easy to kind of fall away from that. And I wonder if you have any advice for in addition to 
you know, speaking our love into the mirror, um, some other ways that we can really start to uh, put ourselves first and and nurture ourselves when we're feeling really low? Of course. So um, I am an herbalist with a specialty in bath and beauty care. And so one of the things that I love to do is do like a little home spa that you can do for yourself and just really give yourself that. I mean, come on, what's more nourishing than a spa, right? So we can do this for ourselves at home really easily and not have to fork out a big amount of money all the time or um, feel obligated to even leave your house if you just want to have a staycation and you don't want to make the adventure to go to a spa. Um, what I love to do is, um, and it's really easy. So I get some salts. I like to use, um, Himalayan pink salts, crystals, just cause I like their high minerality. Um, and, um, you can mix it with other sea salts or you can just use any sea salt and you can just get it at your local grocery store. And then I just do a couple drops of essential oils. You can do whatever ones you like. I like lavender and rose. Those are my favorites and some jasmine too. Um, and then I just soak my feet in them and it's really nice and simple and easy and you can relax. And then I like to do a really simple home clay mask. Um, and you can get this, um, usually at your local health food store, or there's usually a local herb shop, um, in the area. If you, if not, you can just go to, um, get them online. And I like to use French green clay because it has, um, the botanicals from plants in the clay. And then I like to use rose water just cause I love roses and um, you can do a drop of essential oil too and you just kind of mix it like you can do like one tablespoon of clay to like just put enough water to make it into a mud but don't put too much water um, or just add more clay if you put too much and then just leave it on your face for like 15 to 20 minutes and just relax with your feet soaking and just just be with yourself and just a really nourishing home spa and you can even take some of the salts and get little bowls and stick your fingers and give your hands some soaks too um and that's what i love to do (laughs) it sounds really sensual and and enjoyable and dreamy and i love that it sounds awesome and speaking of sensuality um because this is girl boner i have to ask how does all of this um all these natural practices influence um, our sexuality? Do you see benefits of not only the self-care, but um, plant-based living and authenticity? How, how do you see that kind of manifesting into sexual empowerment? So for me, um, it translated to sexuality being actually a really, as a sacred practice, it's something deeply sacred and spiritual to me but it's also something that's very human and earthly and raw and primal and so it's kind of the merging of both of those and I think when we can merge the primal with the divinity of it I think that's when we can really have a really great healthy sense of our sexuality and sensuality and I think um, all of that starts with self-love and, and, and loving yourself to the capacity where you can be empowered in your sexuality in that way. Yeah, I completely see that. That's beautiful. I love that you mentioned the the rawness and how it's just so much a part of, of who we are and it's all so connected. And 
Speaking of authenticity, which I know is one of your um, deepest values and, and what you teach and what you've um, cultivated for yourself and what you also um, really inspire in other people, before I let you go, I would love to hear any advice that you would offer for living more authentically. What's one step that we could all take today? The biggest step is to just follow your heart. And even if you don't know what that means right now, just follow what makes you happy, follow what excites you, follow your joy, because that's all I did. When I didn't know anything about personal development, when I didn't know anything about anything that I know right now, I just followed my heart and it led me exactly where I am right now. It sounds a little cliche, but it actually works. <laughs> that is so inspiring. And you are living proof of it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Remind everybody where they can learn more about you. Sure. So um, like you had mentioned earlier, you can sign up for email updates. Um, and I give a lot of free gifts and a lot of free recipes um, at holisticempoweredwoman.com. And you can also check me out at kurosalae.com, K-O-U-R-O-S-A-L-A-E-E.com. And I look forward to connecting with you if you sign up for some emails. Beautiful. Thank you so much again for being here today. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Such an awesome and inspiring soul. Thank you again, Kuros. I hope you all check her out and sign up for email updates. Speaking of authenticity, uh, desire and sexual pleasure are huge parts of that, right, for so many of us. And if you're feeling less turned on than you would like, you're not alone. It's a common issue. And I think in the hustle bustle of our lives or if you're really tired or going through tough times, as many people are right now, it can be really hard to connect with that, um, you know, that sexy goddess you are on the inside and to really have that fire lit up. And if you are in that space, I really, really recommend that you check out Dr. Megan's amazing online program, Rekindle Desire. So here's what she had to say about it. She said, I'm thrilled to bring you the experience of over 15 years transforming the sex lives for women of all sexual orientations, shapes, and sizes through the power of embracing and exploring their sexuality. I'm bringing the therapist to you in my 60-minute self-help sex therapy audio program and workbook so you can take action now you can head over to greatlifegreatsex.com you'll get the audio and also a beautiful workbook that is really awesome and it's a it's a great way to um, learn more about yourself and you could share it with a partner you could share it with a girlfriend you could do it all on your own it's beautiful and if you have any questions you can go ahead and drop Dr. Megan Fleming a note on her website again that is greatlifegreatsex.com just click on online workshops at the top of her site and then work with me and I would love to hear what you think of it if you do sign up for amazing sex toys including the ones we feature here hop over to thepleasurechest.com or visit one of their stores in LA Chicago or New York they are powerhouses of sex positivity if you attend a free workshop at one of their locations you get a discount off your store purchase which is awesome they are such a plethora of information and the staff is amazing. So if you do go to a store, ask any question you have. They are fabulous resources. If you're enjoying Girl Bona Radio, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a simple review while you're there. For show extras and a whole lot more, including my sixth annual Beauty of a Woman blog fest, which is coming up in March, visit my website, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org and sign up for occasional email updates. 
Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.